Time to express yourself. Where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. He who has health has hope. He who has hope has everything. This is an Arabian proverb. We've also got a Chinese proverb. When the heart is at peace, the body will be healthy. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, creator and producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. I'm Brigitte Gia, and before we get into today's show, Be The Star You Are's volunteers and I want to urge you to check out our website at btsya.org. Make sure you go to the events tab to find exciting events such as our upcoming Moraga Fair with a booth for family funds sponsored by Green Air, your energy solution company. Remember, it's time to go green, so visit gogreenair.net and check out Green Air today. We're super thrilled to have received a certificate of recognition from the California legislature honoring Be The Star You Are volunteers for 20 years of dedicated service to the community through literacy and positive media messages, and we're determined to continue our empowering efforts through more positive media and working to make sure that people have access to positivity in their daily lives. With that, we'll be starting today's show uh, off with some of my own thoughts on healthy eating and healthy living, which is our theme for the week. So for me personally, I went on a long, long journey towards healthy eating and subsequently healthy living. Um, Everybody begins somewhere. And for a long time, I was definitely uh, not eating very healthy, starting from childhood, I think. I've never really found a diet that fit my body type. And I was very athletic as a child, so I swam a lot, um, and that helped me keep my weight down. But when I reached 14 or 15 years old and I decided to stop swimming and pursue other interests, I wasn't watching my diet, um, and I didn't have that exercise to keep those pounds off, essentially. And so I definitely gained a lot of weight, uh, especially in early high school when my self-image was very fragile. So not only was I not eating healthy, I was also not living healthy because I didn't have that mindset in place where I could accept myself for who I was. And that stemmed from initially putting on pounds and then secondarily from just worrying about putting on pounds all the time. And so for me personally, again, I took a long time to get out of that mindset, especially in later high school. I started that exercise cycle again, tried to cut down on pounds, and it was really cyclic. So during the sports season, I would have a lot of exercise and I would lose a lot of weight. And then when I was off season and I wasn't training regularly, I would gain all the weight back and I'd be really upset with myself. And again, I'd be eating unhealthily and my mindset 
was just very unhealthy. So those two really link in together, and that's why they're dual themes for this week, essentially. And so for me, what I ended up doing was, although my issue started with body image and stemmed from the unhealthy diet, the first thing I had to do to fix my diet entirely was to let go of the mentality that my body image was paramount. So I was always fixating on how I looked and whether I looked fat that day or whether I looked fat that week. And that worked its way into my diet so that I wasn't eating properly. By late high school, I had dropped a lot of pounds after the whole sports eating cycle. That ended and I decided to start counting calories And that was really rough on me because my body image and my mentality played more into it at this point. And so I wasn't eating because I was worried about getting fat, essentially. And so finally reaching a healthy diet for me was stopping that mentality entirely, letting myself eat what I wanted, provided that it was healthy, that it was nutritious, and cutting myself off from body image entirely. And from there, I was able to learn to enjoy food again and to eat properly. And so now, uh, in my sophomore year of high school, of college, I feel that I'm doing okay in terms of diet, in terms of eating. And with that has come a release from the mindset of always thinking about my body image that originated in my bad diet from childhood. <laughs> and so in that way, I was able to let go of a lot of my unhealthy habits and breathe a little, eat what I want to, and enjoy life through enjoying food. So if you're in a rough spot, how do you get out of that? How do you modify your eating habits so you have access to healthy eating and therefore to healthy living? Well, one of the prevalent studies uh, or one of the prevalent methods that has kind of arisen uh, in the status quo is known as intermittent fasting. And this is this has really come to light in, in the last few years uh, because the study of the human body's rhythms, like 24-hour cyclical rhythms, uh, all the functions that we have uh, have rhythms and the study of those have only recently really been looked into within the scientific community. And so from the study of the 24-hour rhythms that we have, uh, known as the circadian rhythm, uh, or circa is circular, and uh, dia or dian is days in Latin. So the two of them make up the circadian rhythm of the human body. And recently, a lot of scientists have found that intermittent fasting or eating within this cyclical 24-hour period of the bodily functions uh, is really beneficial for your health. And so if you eat within this cycle, it has been shown that just simply by eating on a certain time track, you'll be able to lose 10 pounds within something like the first you know, year or half a year or something like that. And if you continue doing so, if you continue eating uh, within a certain time period uh, in tandem with your circular sort of 24-hour bodily cycle, 
you'll be able to see a lot of long-term benefits. Uh, I think intermittent fasting has really been tied recently uh, together with Alzheimer's or uh, specifically the reduction of a chance of getting Alzheimer's. So if you eat cyclically and you eat uh, in line with your 24-hour bodily period, you will be able to prevent diseases like Alzheimer's specifically. And I think there's also been links to a prevention of cancer, of diabetes, of keeping that weight off uh, if you're still kind of holding on to body image, um, because obviously it's a societal thing to cling on to body image. Um, We're hard-pressed to let it go as a species almost. But the point is, you want to really start with this intermittent fasting. Uh, from some of the papers that I've read, I really think that it's it's both a viable solution and a long-term one. And so if you stick to it, you'll be able to see a lot of health benefits. And so I actually took this intermittent fasting method for a trial run uh, about uh, for about a year Um, and I was able to really see a lot of good effects and sort of figure it out. So what I did was I started eating at eight. I started my eating for the entire day at eight. I had breakfast in the morning and I would have breakfast, lunch, dinner, all the same as, as anyone would, uh, in a, in a usual day. And I would finish eating entirely at around four or five. And so within this eight to nine hour window, I'd get all of my nutrients in for the day. And then I would just not eat. And then in the morning, the next day, I would start again. And so at the beginning, it was kind of hard to get used to this because you're used to being able to eat later and, you know, you're used to snacking a little bit here and there when it gets late in the evening. But I found that over time, over this year that I was trying it out, my entire freshman year of college, I started really liking it. And I started seeing improvements in my sleep habits. That's one thing that intermittent fasting actually really impacts is your sleep schedule. And I also saw, I noticed an improvement in my energy levels each day. So I was able to go out and do a lot more than I would have been able to do had I maybe been late night snacking. (laughs) Uh, And I was also able to see sort of a retainment of my my numbers, essentially, my weight, maybe my body mass index, uh, all of those things that you <laughs> you think about measuring at the gym, I was able to keep those pretty constant without having to exert extra effort into calorie counting or into extra exercise. <laughs> and that's not to say that I was absolutely perfect, that I had the amount of self-control to stick to this schedule, you know, ounce by ounce, perfectly every single day. Because, you know, college is a very social thing and eating is a very social thing. Uh, When you sit down to eat with someone, you feel a deeper connection with them. And so I would find myself maybe having dinner at seven with friends and eating outside of that nine hour window. But because intermittent fasting is a sort of dietary method that is is designed to be long-term rather than short-term, the few days that I maybe wasn't eating within that nine-hour window, those days didn't impact it as much as long as I was keeping my habits generally consistent. So that was something I really liked about intermittent fasting. I think the one restriction is, though, that when you're eating within these windows, you 
you really start to focus on how hungry you are when you're not allowed to eat. It's kind of like telling someone to not think about a white elephant. If you bring it up, the person's going to think about a white elephant, uh, and no matter how hard they try to get that out of their mind. You know, if you try it now, if I say don't think about a white elephant, and you try your hardest to think about anything but that white elephant, the elephant's going to pop up in your mind. And so it was the same for me when I was trying not to think about eating. So after 4 or 5 p.m., I'd say, all right, there's my stopping point. I've eaten within my 9, 10-hour window, and I'm going to stop eating until tomorrow morning. And then my stomach would start growling, and I'd start focusing on food. And that five-hour period between when I stopped eating and when I went to bed would be consumed by thoughts of eating and by wanting to just snack on something. And so there would be days where I would, you know, break the window and have some popcorn, have some apples. And I ended up pulling up some articles as well, as well that discussed this sort of breakage of intermittent fasting. Uh, the idea that, you know, on a regular basis, you want to be able to eat within this window. But if you're feeling a little nibbly and you're feeling hungry and you want to eat something, uh, what are some of the best alternatives for snacks to a full-blown meal at 7 p.m. outside of your eating window? And so a lot of health experts that I, whose advice I read suggested light popcorn or apples, uh, something that wasn't really heavy on the sugar, uh, because actually sugar can sort of break your sleep into micro-sleeps uh, when the body is trying to break down uh, those compounds that are within a sugary food, and they really mess up your sleep. And of course, they sort of cause you to keep on the pounds as well, <laughs> which is not optimal and not great for health and for the, the risk of developing metabolic diseases. So for me, whenever I got a little hungry, I would maybe keep some popcorn on hand and snack a little bit. Again, all, all of this is to say that it wasn't perfect. It wasn't a perfect regimen, but it was habit and it was a healthy habit. And because of my healthy eating habit, I was able to access healthy living or components of healthy living that are necessary for the maintenance of a, of a good and productive life, like energy, uh, like alertness, like a good sleep cycle. And so I found that intermittent fasting was was really something that helped me put my life together and shy away or move away, essentially, from things like calorie counting and worrying excessively, developing anxieties over my weight, which was really nice for me. I really enjoyed it. And I would suggest that you do it, too, uh, if it's plausible for you. Now, transitioning into my sophomore year. I'm in my second semester of sophomore year of college. And, you know, I'm taking a lot of hours, I'm taking a lot of credits, and I've got a lot of stuff to do. And at the end of the day, or even midday, I don't necessarily have the mental capacity to keep myself within a strict eight, nine, 10 hour window. So for me, uh, as I was saying, it's not plausible sometimes to stick again on that window, on that eating regimen. And so in my second semester of sophomore year, I found that I've been shifting around a little, trying to figure out what'll work for me. 
Because what I've read is that you don't necessarily have to have that window be an 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. thing. You can kind of shift it around. So you can maybe start eating at 1 p.m. and then finish eating at 9 p.m. You can shift that window as long as you're sort of developing a rhythmic eating habit that falls in line with your 24-hour daily bodily rhythms. So, you know, I'm still working it out, and I encourage you, uh, audience at home, to also try it out. Try out intermittent fasting. Give it a go. Uh, Make sure when you're eating on that window that you're not ingesting any unnecessarily super loaded foods. And so you want to stick with greens and fruits and veggies and protein, um, some healthy grains as well. So you want to keep your nutritional value around the same. Don't look too much at your portion size, but look at the quality of the food that you're eating and then look at your timing. So it's about what you eat and it's about when you eat. And don't force yourself to eat when you're not hungry either, just to stick on that regimen. You know, do what feels natural to you because your body kind of knows what it's doing. And honestly, when you do what feels right, a lot of the times the body is going to kind of correct you and put you on this cycle. And so again, I encourage you to try it out. I'm super, super excited about intermittent fasting and about the scientific communities delving into it. And I'm super thrilled to see where it's going to go. I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to find that window that's right for me. And I encourage you to do so as well. So thanks for joining us on air for this health oriented segment. And as a reminder, be the star you are for teens, as well as the newest establishment in the series, be the star you are millennials to boomers celebrating gifts of positive voices in a changing digital world and other be the star you are anthology collections are available now and they can be found at starstylestore.net. So if you're looking for a new book to read, you're looking for some good stories to, you know, chill with and go through and kind of inspire some positivity within yourself, make sure you consider picking up a copy because your purchase benefits the Be The Star You Are 501c3 charity and this Express Yourself program as a donation. So if you get your copy today, you'll be helping us out and you'll be able to get some stories to make your day better. Uh, make sure you're also checking out youtube.com slash be the star you are for our fun and informative BTSYA videos on living, laughing, and learning. Vis- visit us at btsya.org and check out past editions of our show at expressyourselfteenradio.com. So keep on listening as we continue our conversation on healthy eating and healthy living. Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. The White House Doctor Makes House Calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The Voice America Live Events Channel 
Health is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thanks for staying with us here at Express Yourself on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. In this next segment, we're joined by star guest, author Marla Stone. Marla's new book, The Clutter Remedy, helps the reader find a healthy, decluttered lifestyle for efficiency and peace of mind. Whether it's books or photos or knickknacks, the things that we choose to surround ourselves with are often important to us. So Marla, a former therapist turned professional organizer who works with individuals and corporations at all levels, basically helps us as readers create spaces that look and feel like ourselves at our best. And we get to keep those books and photos and knickknacks that really mean us to us (laughs) instead of focusing on throwing stuff out. Marla focuses on understanding what will stay put and why it's going to be there. Stone essentially walks readers through a process of knowing themselves and their values, what they hold dear to themselves. And so she's able to summon up motivation in them and visualize, help them visualize their ideal lifestyle and their optimal surroundings. So armed with this understanding, readers are then empowered to approach every single room in their house and every aspect of their workspace and even every aspect of their health and well-being with energy and clarity. So whether it's the refrigerator or New Year's resolutions, piles of books or boxes of heirlooms, Marla helps readers eliminate physical and emotional roadblocks and guides them towards surroundings that reflect not just who they are, but also who they want to be. With that, let's welcome Marla onto the show. Hi, Marla. Hi, Brigitte. How are you? Good. Thank you. I'm really excited to have you on today. Um, I'm a bit of a an organization uh, fiend, so to speak. Uh, and so I'm really excited to 
be maybe running some of my ideas by you and, you know, hopefully finding some clarity in my own life uh, as well as helping the audience today figure out what's going on with theirs. And so I wanted to start out with the, the organizational method that we, a lot of us use throughout our daily lives, uh, the planner. <laughs> Recently, it's, it's become a huge fad to have a planner. And for me, I've always used a planner as a sort of a manifestation of my brain. So I throw everything that's in my mind onto that piece of paper or onto those pages. And then I get really anxious about everything I have to do because it's out in front of me. So how do I figure out what to place in my planner for my everyday organization so that I'm not super cluttered and super defocused. <laughs> okay. Well, Brigitte, uh, I always used a planner when I was a psychotherapist. And then of course the advent of the iPhone, you know, when I put down my pager and picked up the, the iPhone, I started to use the notes mm -hmm. in the actual phone and that eliminated the actual writing process. Although a lot of times when I really want to plan something out and think about it, I will take a journal or a planner and I'll use that. And so, so it does put it in front of you and it, and you're, you're making a list and you are putting out there what you want. So it is a great tool. Uh, if you happen to not bring your planner with you or you forget it, then it's also nice to take a photo of what you've written in the planner so that you have it in your phone just in case you've left the planner behind. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you. That's um, I'm a neuroscience student and I've read how the sort of the actualization of stuff that's going on in your head helps you kind of work through it and make sure you're getting everything done. Uh, but I've so I've always wanted to retain that, but I never knew where to how to declutter it. So that's really useful. Thank you. Yes, yes. And in using those notes in the phone mm -hmm. and calling, you know, making a note called planner, uh, that helps you to be spontaneous as well. You know, so if you happen to be in a public setting and you don't want to just drag out the planner and start <laughs> opening it up and you've, you've forgotten a pen or, you know, you just don't have access to something to write with, mm -hmm. you always uh, can put your thoughts down into those into those mobile notes. Absolutely. That's really exciting. I'm going to start organizing everything about my iPhone. And so speaking of kind of starting things, uh, I know a lot of people avoid decluttering or they avoid, you know, uh, organization in any shape or form because they don't know where to start in any aspect. You know, it could be uh, my sister's room is super messy. She doesn't know where to start to clean it. For me, I have my planner. Sometimes I don't know how to start putting everything in order. So how would, what, process would you suggest uh, to initiate oneself into that organizational mood, so to speak? Like what corner of my room should I start with and why? Well, the, the first thing that I've always recommended before you start to attack your stuff is to really sit down with yourself and think about what is your ideal lifestyle. And the reason I have people do that is that when you think about what you currently love to do in life, then and only then will the things that you're going through make sense to you or not make sense to you. So, you know, th there could be things in your room that you've had for years 
And, you know, they may be sentimental items. And so you really don't want them out anymore or just stuffed in drawers. Uh, Things that you love, obviously, you want to have. And if you love them currently, you want to have them around. Things that are serving a purpose for you, things that are useful. So when you think about what you love to do in life and what you currently are doing, it makes sense out of your stuff. Uh, you know, and you can choose what to keep based on what you're actually doing in life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's wow. I, I never thought of it that way because I, you know, when I get into my room, I just throw my backpack down. I, <laughs> I place stuff where I find space for it rather than the other way around. And so it kind of returns control to you is, is what it sounds like to me. When yeah, I, yes. In the first step, It's just knowing what you're about and what you're doing in your life. Because the things that are in a small space, the the things I want to see are things that you use daily, weekly, or monthly. If there's something in there that you use occasionally, you want to put that further away into a closet or up on a top shelf somewhere. And, you know, you know, you're going to use it two or three times a year, but you don't want it in you know, your desk drawer, because mm-hmm. the things that you want in your desk drawer are things that you use daily, weekly, or monthly. Actually, yeah. in your desk drawer, it's more the daily stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the weekly stuff, you know, or the daily stuff can be on top of your desk. The weekly stuff can be in the drawers. And the things you use monthly can be on a bookshelf further away in the in the space. Um, but the, the first step to actual decluttering, once you figure out your lifestyle and what you love, is to remove everything from the space, everything from the drawers, everything from the closet, except for clothes that are hanging, everything mm-hmm. from under the bed, every nook and cranny. And you just take it and put it in a bin, just get it out of your space, except for heavy furniture, heavy electronics rugs, things like that, leave those in place. Breakables can be left in place. And then you, once you get everything picked up and out of all the closet space and nooks and crannies, then you want to start to categorize everything you own. <laughs> so you may find three journals in your middle drawer of your desk and a Uh, about four more in a box in a closet. And then there may be a journal over, you know, next to your bed or, or three more stuffed in your end table dresser. But you want to start to bring all those journals together. Mm -hmm. Same thing with every pencil, with every pen, with every pair of shoes. And once you make your broad categories, then you can start to go through your things and see if they still make sense to you and if you still want them in your current life with the clear and concise criteria, which Mm -hmm. is, will I use it? Even if it's once a year, you know, if you have something you use once a year, then you're going to keep it. Uh, Does it serve a purpose? Serves a purpose are things like a little sewing kit or a repair uh, kit for your eyeglasses. You may never use them, but you're still going to keep at least one of those things. You know, you don't want to get rid of them. And then again, things that are sentimental mm-hmm. and things that you love. And things you love are like little decor items that you have in your room, knickknacks, mm-hmm. um, could be pictures, obviously photos, 
um, and clothes and bags and shoes and makeup that you love. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then once you decide what you're going to keep, then the secret sauce to staying permanently or what I call perpetually organized is to then fine tune all your things. Oh, okay. And so you just narrow it down until you've got your ideal or at least something close to it. Yeah. So for instance, narrow. Okay. So fine tuning is let's take makeup for instance. So do you have a little section of your room where you put on your makeup or do you have a place to sit or do you do it in the bathroom? Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, I actually, uh, I don't use makeup often, but I have paints everywhere. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Let's talk about paint. So so you're an artist. (laughs) I've got a, a painting sprawled everywhere. So there's all little corners of of uh, palettes that are half used and just colors everywhere. (laughs) So how do I, what do I do with those? Uh, Okay. So the first thing, the first thing I want you to think about is, is that truly in your repertoire, in your today life that you are going to paint on a regular basis? So that's the first question you ask yourself. Is this my ideal lifestyle currently is to paint? And so what would you say? So I would say I I draw daily, but I would paint maybe once a week or so. Okay. So, 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 and maybe, and this comes into my language thing and how I help people become very decisive about Mm -hmm. truly what they're going to do. You know, we have these things, these ideas of things we want to do, like write a book or paint or, you know, um, uh, do a new hobby, but it it could just be in theory in some ways. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't really seem to happen because we use indecisive, like maybe, or probably, or someday, or sometime, or kind of, sort of, or sort of, kind of going to do it. And so when you become very clear on your inner process Mm -hmm. of what you truly value, in your life today, what you really love doing, you know, if painting is one of them, then it's not a maybe it's, I will, you will yourself to do the painting. You will, you, you say you're doing the drawing daily. And so ideally, how often would you like to paint, actually paint? Would it be once a week? Yes. Once a week. Okay. So All the paint stuff, every single object that you use to draw or paint or do anything creative in in that spectrum, I would, first of all, categorize everything into finely tuned categories. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, all paint brushes is a broad category. Now, the different types of paint brushes and getting them separated from each other is fine tuning. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is to really get those paintbrushes finely tuned so that they're ready to go when you want to paint. Mm-hmm. Same thing with paint. Oils, obviously, with oils and then by color and watercolors with watercolors and by color. Mm-hmm. And then containing those categories. So let's say you had uh, like 20 paintbrushes and you have like you know, six thick ones for, I don't know the terms of 
you know, the names of different mm-hmm. types of paintbrushes. But if you had five very thick ones, the big ones, and then you had uh, medium size uh, paintbrushes and then very fine paintbrushes, each type of paintbrush is separately categorized and contained mm-hmm. so that they don't start to smush together again. Because if you just throw them in a box and then you take them out once a week from, your, from the home that they're in, uh, you can, you, as an artist, you can do it that way. It's almost like with children, we don't categorize toys because we want them to play organically, <laughs> but some artists function in that way. And some artists function much better when everything is separated. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on, you know, how you, you work. Okay. And, and with that degree of, of control, do you think, cause I know that, um, you know, to a certain extent you want order and to, to a certain extent, you want spontaneity. Mm-hmm. Is there like a perfect balance between those two? Like how does that fall into how broad the categories of, of say, paintbrushes are? Yes. Well, like a painter like Pollock, let's take him, you know, the, <laughs> the spl- I call him the splatterer. Yeah. He he would never want anything categorized. He he was like spontaneous and and just like whatever happened to be there is what he would grab. Okay. So that's one type of artist. Then I have a friend who's a fine artist. She does a lot of work for TJ Maxx, a lot of that artwork on boxes and journals, you know, those pretty journals. So she wants to know exactly where her very fine paintbrushes and paintbrushes are because she does watercolor versus where her thicker brushes are. And she doesn't want to be scrambling around. I mean, that's her occupation. Mm -hmm. She earns her living by painting. So you can only imagine if everything was all over the place or scrambled in a big box, how much more time it would take for her. So it's really about figuring out what type of painter you are and what you actually want to accomplish. And, you know, if it's a goal to be a fine artist or, you know, an artist that works for a company and has a, you know, a a time limit on how you get the work to your employer or to a contractor, you know, you want to figure out exactly what type of artist you are first and what, what your goals are in painting. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. I think um, I was worried that there was some optimal balance between control and spontaneity that was generalized for the human population, uh, at which point we would function best. But I'm glad that this, this aspect specifically is, is a very like free-flowing thing, because I never knew where I fell on that. Sometimes I, I, I'm really organized and I want things to be in a certain order. Other times I'm, I'm super messy and I want to just go with the flow. So again, I'm, I'm glad it's spectrum. Yeah. And that, and that's fine. That's perfect. And so, you know, then the one thing is, is if sometimes you want to do something in a timely manner, you can keep everything finely categorized. And then if you want to be more free flowing and just more spontaneous, you could literally take all your brushes and then just put them in a bin and scramble them up and do it that way too. But then at the end of the day, to have more order and just more order in the the space that you have, you can fine tune them again and have your little separate containers for each type of brush. And then of course, having the paint, all your different types of paint by color 
or, and again, if you want to scramble them up to just have more of that creative flow, then that's okay too. There is no wrong or right with art, as you know, you know, right. it's, it's, it's so objective and subjective. Absolutely. And so kind of going in line with, with the idea of a dynamic flow organization, do you think that, you know, somebody, cause, cause a lot of people will clean their room and then maybe a couple months later, it'll be messy again, or they'll, they'll find that it doesn't fit in with their ideal. And so where on that spectrum can you kind of fall uh, in terms of being organized um, with control and spontaneity without pushing out to that boundary where you are no longer, you don't have a semblance of organization of your ideal anymore? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. So I started to understand that people go from uh, clutter to clear back to clutter to clear back to clutter and you know it's it's I call it like being a human in a hamster wheel <laughs> and so which really tires people out and so I wanted uh, to develop a strategy so that people could have perpetual organization and that's why I started to talk about you know categorizing and then fine-tuning I really believe, and then containing the finely tuned categories separately so they cannot, you know, if you put something directly in a drawer and it doesn't have drawer dividers so that you're dividing the separate, like staples from staples, mm -hmm. from, you know, uh, paper clips, from eventually you're going to just have everything smushed together again. And that's when you start to feel chaotic again. Mm -hmm. And you're, you know, you're scrambling around looking for a paper clip or your windbreaker on a windy day or your, you know, umbrella when it's raining and it's, it's no way to live. So no matter what, finding uh, homes for every single finely tuned category is the secret mm -hmm. to, you know, never going back to huge piles of stuff. You can take out stuff and make a mess. I do it regularly, believe it or not. I'll go in my closet and try on stuff. And just like all of us do. And then we're like, oh, no, I don't want to wear that today. <laughs> and then, of course, it goes on the chair or on the dresser because you're in a hurry. And so, you know, we can make these messes. But my closet is so finely tuned in my clients' closets that when they've made a pile, it's very easy to remedy because there's, here's all the blouses with blouses. Here's all the pants with pants. Here's all the dresses with dresses. Here's all the, you know, t-shirts with t-shirts. And so the, the closet is spaced out into different sections so that no matter what, you can go back to clear very quickly. Yes. Well, that's that's great to hear. That's good news because I I vary on that equilibrium and I got to I got to find some some perpetual organization. And I want to thank you so much Marla for sharing your expertise on decluttering with us on the show today and for helping me personally get my stuff together. Um oh, but you're welcome. Right. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm going to get started soon. It'll be good. Uh, but audience, during the break, make sure you learn more about Marla and her book, The Clutter Remedy, at i-deal-lifestyle.com. Again, that's i-deal-lifestyle.com. 
I'll repeat that one more time, i-deal-lifestyle.com. And you can get great organization tips. Make sure you buy the Clutter Remedy today to, you know, imbue your life with some more organization and some more energy. But also make sure you support our show and learn out about upcoming BTSYA events at bethestaryouare.org. I'm Brigitte Gia. Show your love for more segments like this one by again donating to the Be The Star You Are 501c3 literacy charity that brings you this program at bethestaryouare.org. Visit btsya.org to find out more about the Be The Star You Are show and all the stuff that we do. Keep listening for more on healthy eating and healthy living. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. The White House Doctor Makes House Calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email Info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417. Or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. listening to express yourself on the voice america kids channel where teens talk and the world listens express yourself is produced by star style productions llc as an international outreach program of be the star you are charity for more information about our show visit expressyourselfteenradio.com now back to our star teens Welcome back to Express Yourself on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. In this segment, we have Star Be the Star 
Where you are, reporter Arjun Clare, with this fascinating segment of Innovation Nation on healthy eating and healthy living. Hi, Arjun. Take it away. Hi, everyone. My name is Arjun Clare, and I'm happy to be coming to you again with another edition of Innovation Nation. Today's theme is healthy eating and healthy living, and these go hand in hand, especially in regards to innovation. When you think of how innovation relates to healthy eating and healthy living, chances are you think about food and how it has changed over time to become healthier. However, it's not just the food that has changed, but the concepts behind it as well. One such idea is Medifast. There are many companies like Medifast, but Medifast was one of the very first. If you don't know what Medifast is, it's a nutrition and weight loss company that gives clients a diet to follow to get the right amount of nutrition per day to not only help them lose weight, but also learn how to maintain it for a healthy lifestyle. Medifast was started in 1980 by a medical doctor named William Vital. Originally, he just sold his products and weight loss programs directly to doctors, who then prescribed them to their patients. But due to its success, the demand grew, and Dr. Vital turned it into a thriving business. Today, people who are seeking help with their weight loss can go to a Medifast location directly to get the help they need with one of their counselors, who will help guide them. Medifast will give their clients specifically made food that contains the nutrition that they need, which helps with their weight loss. A more current innovative idea that appeals to the fast-paced, convenient lifestyle, but is focused on healthy eating and some, le- and some level of cooking with recipes, is the Blue Apron membership model. Blue Apron has flourished in this area and is a major, major leader. Blue Apron was started in 2012 in New York City. And the goal was to allow people who are really, really busy to make quick and healthy meals instead of having to eat out all the time or settle for prepackaged, unhealthy processed foods. To accomplish this, Blue Apron packages high quality, fresh ingredients in a box along with a recipe and delivers it to the doorstep of their subscribers. This is an amazing innovation because it has allowed people to eat much, much healthier in a convenient way and not have the need to go out to eat as much. However, ideas about how to innovate and change the food industry aren't the only things that have happened. The food itself has changed. The example of this is the Impossible Burger. The Impossible Burger was made by Impossible Foods in 2016 by CEO Patrick O'Brien. Back in 2009, O'Brien was a biochemistry professor at Stanford University, and he determined that intensive animal farming was the world's largest environmental problem. So so naturally, he set off on a mission to change this. He reasoned out that the best way to combat this was to offer a competing product in the market. So in 2011, Impossible Foods was born, and they produced the Impossible Burger only five years later. According to statistics on its website, making an Impossible Burger uses 95% less land, 74% less water, and emits 87% less greenhouse gas than making a ground beef burger patty. And the Impossible Burger contains more protein, less total fats and cholesterol, and fewer calories than a beef patty does. However, Though it used to contain more sodium and saturated fats than a beef burger, that quickly changed. As of 2019, Impossible Foods came out with a new recipe for the Impossible Burger, called the Impossible Burger 2.0, which contains 30% less sodium and 40% less saturated fats than the former recipe. 
Overall, the effect of the Impossible Burger has been amazing, making a healthier alternative to a meat patty while looking and tasting pretty much the exact same, but reducing the impact on the environment significantly. I've actually tried the Impossible Burger, and I would say there are pros and cons to it. It would take a little getting used to. Some of my vegan and non-vegan friends and family love having it as an alternative, and I have a hunch there are lots more to come from Impossible Foods. So there you have it. As you've heard, there are quite a few innovations that have helped lead to healthier eating and living for humans. And I didn't even get into the innovation that's taken place in the pet food industry, while also looking out for our planet as well. And that's today's take on healthy eating and healthy living. I hope you've enjoyed. Once again, I'm Arjun Clare, and thanks for listening to another edition of Innovation Nation. All right. Great. Thanks, Arjun. That's that's really informative, and I'm super excited. This sounds great. There's a lot of good stuff that's going on. What I heard is that beef uh, or eating beef contributes to carbon emissions and like deforestation. You know, as you mentioned, it's there's so many bad effects to you know having beef as part of your staple diet. And I'm glad that the Impossible Burger is working to remedy that without cutting people's tastes out of the equation as well. Uh, but I do have a question. Uh, I, I wanted to know what you thought about making a lot of innovations that are happening right now uh, accessible to people who are maybe on a lower income, who uh, you know have uh, historically maybe resorted to uh, getting food at fast food joints because of the cheap prices, because we have a lot of, you know, subsidies that that go into producing beef. So, what do you think of that? Do you uh, do you think that, that there's any short term solution to kind of making these technologies available? What would you do to get these to get things like the Impossible Burger to people who are on like a lower income um, on a regular basis? Yeah. That's a great question, and I definitely think that that's why the fast food industry has flourished so much because it's just so, so easy for people to go out, buy a meal that will hold them over for a long time for only like five bucks. Mm -hmm. um, but I also think that it's not going to be a short-term change, but rather a long-term change, mm -hmm. and it's going to be very gradual, and eventually more places are going to start popping up that don't sell meat and don't buy beef burger patties and stuff like that, but rather use foods like the Impossible Burger or other vegan options that are much better for our planet. And as the technology progresses, I'm sure that it'll taste better, taste more like meat. Um, and although there are people out there who aren't really into the Impossible Burger, I think you can't really say that you like meat more until you've tried it. Mm -hmm. So... I also think that's another change because right now it's not really a huge, huge competitor in the market. It is getting a lot of attention, and I think that it deserves more for the significant impact on the environment that it's having. And I think that a gradual change will come about where uh, humans themselves will start taking into account the climate change and what is happening to our planet and the fact that we're the main cause of it because we breed these animals to eat. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I th I'm definitely with you on that one. You know, we are taking a step in the right direction and I've, I've heard some stuff about KFC starting like a, like a plant-based 
you know, chicken substitute and Tyson working to get those chicken substitutions in there, um, as well as, of course, the Impossible Burger, as you've been talking about and explaining to us. Um, I, I see that gaining more prevalence on social media and in restaurants, and I'm glad that the change is kind of happening, you know, we're getting there. Um, and we're really working to cut out sort of this this especially like factory farms and and harsh industrial conditions for animals who are kept in in you know cages and i'm glad there's change and i'm glad that you've shared it with us today and so arjun one more thing um you know between eating healthier and eating greener what's one surefire way that we can do both should should somebody go completely vegetarian or should we just uh, rely on taking more of the impossible burger and foods like it into our diet? Which way should we go? Um, well, I think that's definitely up to the person themselves. But I mean, I don't think that you have to necessarily go vegetarian. I think that having meat maybe like once a week is totally fine. It's more the amount that we produce and the rate at which we produce it is what's really hurting our planet. So occasionally eating meat maybe once, twice a week won't be that bad. But it also depends on how far the person is willing to go. So mm -hmm. people who eat meat almost every day probably do need to cut down because meat's not that good for you. Um, but I think it definitely depends on how far the person is willing to go and whether they want to start trying foods like the Impossible Burger or they want to just go vegetarian. Absolutely. Yeah. And that leaves it up to the consumer's choice. And there's two great alternatives for going green and making sure we're doing our part to save the planet. Well, thank you, Arjun. That was a great segment, as always. I love hearing about uh, new innovations that are coming up in relation to our weekly themes. Um, and it's great that there's been such a push for healthy eating and living in the modern era and that tech is behind that. Um, but unfortunately, we are out of time. So audience, make sure you support Be The Star You Are and find information on our creative community, charity efforts, and outreach programs on our main site at bethestaryouare.org. You've been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. I'm Brigitte Gia, and as always, we're giving our thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and especially our Voice America Empowerment crew, uh, mostly our voice engineer, Josh, who really does a lot of the work in getting our show together. Thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world, and thank you to you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. Eat healthy, live healthy, get organized. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine. Between the lines If you would let yourself